Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Lafayette, Louisiana with my new friend Lane Fornerat of the Travel Vlog family on YouTube. Lane was born and raised in Lafayette. He moved away for a few years, got homesick, so he came home to raise his family. In this episode, Lane and I talk about attending Festival KDNs, touring the Tabasco factory, and eating boudin. Hear about these three amazing experiences, plus a bunch more. If you know someone that wants to visit Louisiana, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Lafayette. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make me look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free, and are designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, a quick spin in the washing machine, and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash bluffworks for a special offer and to select from the latest styles so you can stay wrinkle-free when you travel. Hey, Lane, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Today, we're talking about Lafayette, Louisiana. I know we've actually already had another episode on this, but... Once we connected, I'm like, all right, we definitely got to get your tips for for the city as well. Dude, let's do it. This is going to be great. So what's your connection to Lafayette? Uh, I was born and raised in Lafayette, so I spent a good 20-some-odd years here, and then me and my wife moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma for a couple of years, and whenever I was up there, I realized that I got homesick, and so we came back down here whenever we started a family. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. What keeps you here? Is it the family or something else? Uh, I'd say it's a, a little bit of everything. It is a great city for raising kids, having a family, uh, just because it's so family-oriented and family-friendly. But then also, there is so many festivals here. In fact, in about 2015 or so, I'd go to the tourism office, and I'd pick up the guide, and I would just count down, which festivals are we going to this year? It was almost one like every weekend if the weather's nice. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. Like, especially, I mean, we were talking before the episode started recording, and both of us are family men, you know, and so it's, it's so cool to have like local community festivals and, and events that you could bring your family to. Right. And even even like Mardi Gras here is the second biggest Mardi Gras in the United States. And it's extremely family friendly. We bring our kids almost every year unless we're just tired of Mardi Gras because we've done it so many times. But it's always, you know, such a fun event to get outside and really get that carnival feel going on. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so a little bit of a departure from like New Orleans and, and their, uh, their Mardi Gras, right? Yep, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So actually, one of the questions, and in in, uh, we have a Facebook community, the We Travel Their Podcast community on Facebook, and one of the people in the community there said they wanted me to ask, what sets apart uh, Lafayette from uh, like a more like touristy place like New Orleans? And is it worth coming to Lafayette as far as like just like a side trip or is this something where you're, maybe you want to plan like an entire trip around just visiting Lafayette? You could probably plan an entire trip around Lafayette. And the reason why is because the food here is uh, even more y- unique than food in New Orleans. It's, it's just a different style of food. So if you're a foodie, Lafayette's definitely a place for you. Also, there's a lot of rich history here that probably a lot of people don't know about with just the rivers that flow through here, the Vermilion River, the Bayou Teche, all the Cajun influences, the, the French influence, the exile from Nova Scotia, all that came through Lafayette. And 
I don't think a lot of people realize how much of that is here. Oh, fantastic. Well, definitely looking forward to hearing all about the attractions and like the history and, and the places to eat, especially. We'll, we'll talk about that in a, in a couple of minutes. But if people are planning their trip to Lafayette, what's the weather like throughout the year? And are, are there certain times of the year maybe you want to avoid based on good or bad weather? So in the spring and fall, it's, it's pleasant weather as long as it's not raining. We're down here on the coast, so you know the thunderstorms are going to roll through probably almost every uh, afternoon. But whenever it's not raining, which it could just be scattered showers. I mean, th- there was you know school closures the other day because they were expecting a ton of rain, and then nothing happened, and it was a beautiful day, and the kids got a you know a day off of school. So it's very uh, kind of unpredictable with the rain, but you can expect some showers during the the fall and the spring. As far as winter. It is cold down here, and you wouldn't think that it's cold, but because there's so much humidity, the water kind of sticks to your skin, and then the wind blows the cold air on you, and it's kind of like getting out of the shower, and someone were to blow cold air on you, that wet cold. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've I've been experiencing that since I moved here to Nashville, and even though the temperature isn't that bad sometimes, that cold, wet thing just kind of really just kind of sticks to you. Right. It kind of chills you to the bone a little bit. For sure. And then the summers are pretty warm. I'm not going to lie. They're, they, can, they can be hot. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, as far as like the different festivals, what are some of your favorites that maybe somebody wants to plan the trip around visiting that? Oh, gosh. Let's see. There's uh, the biggest one in Lafayette is Festival International. The uh, town brings in a whole bunch of really unique bands from all around the world, bands and artists. And that they have a put on like a five day festival with tents down the downtown area. I think there's five or six different stages. It's it's a huge event. That's in the springtime. Then in the fall, there's Festival Acadian, which is a more cultured festival for the Acadian Acadian area. And they highlight a lot of local music, Zydeco, Cajun music, all those types. There's the Duck Festival, there's the Shrimp Festival, there's, if you name a, a, an animal festival, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that that's all around, like, the different types of food that you can make with those animals? Right, yeah, yeah. The Boudin Cook-Off, there's the Gumbo Cook-Off, you know, there's the Frog Festival in rain. Literally every weekend during, especially the spring and, the, and then the fall, it's festival season. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, if, if somebody's going to come out there and plan their trip, is there an airport where people just fly directly in there or, or should we just fly into New Orleans and, and drive over? Uh, there is an airport here in Lafayette. It's uh, LFT. The American flies through here, Delta, and uh, I can't remember the other one. There's another big one. United? Yeah, United. That's it. But you're going to be flying in from a major city, so you're going to have to take the connecting flight in. But you could, if you wanted to experience New Orleans, you could easily fly in through New Orleans. Probably going to be a cheaper flight because you don't have all the connections and everything. And then it's only like a two-hour drive to Lafayette. So, And you get to drive across the Chafalaya Basin, which is a pretty cool bridge, <laughs> as long as there's no accidents on it. <laughs> is that the one that's really long? Yes, that is it. My family was in Mississippi on my mom's side. And we used to drive as, as a kid from California all the way over. And I just remember that bridge is like, it felt like it was never ending. Yeah. I mean, you, you're driving over a long swamp. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Okay. So say we fly uh, directly into Lafayette from there, getting to the, the city and some of the attractions. Do we rent a car? Is there public transportation or should we just use Uber? What's the best way to get around? 
You, you kind of have all three at your disposal, kind of depending on how you want to do it. The easiest way is definitely to rent a car. Lafayette is definitely a driver's city, so you can drive the entire city. There is Uber here. If you don't want to pay the, you know, to rent a car, you could easily Uber yourself around. As far as public transport, there is a bus that buses that you can take all around the city. We're just it's not an extremely walkable city unless you're in the downtown area, which is actually where a lot of the festivals are. So it's a possibility to do that. Uh, it's just probably not the best, in my opinion. There is also a train station here if you do want to come by train. The Amtrak flows through here. Oh, nice. Okay, so like maybe if you want to plan your trip and you're like, okay, I'm going to take the Uber from the airport to the downtown and, and do those activities there and then rent a car for the days or you're going to go out and kind of explore the rest of the area. Yes. I, in fact, you could probably stay in a hotel or Airbnb somewhere in the downtown area and be able to walk it. Uh, but then I would definitely have some kind of car or uh, maybe even a bike. You could kind of bike a little bit uh, too. They have some biking lanes. So, well, nice. Well, speaking of that, where in the city should we plan? Should we like book our hotel? Or are there any areas we should avoid? Or do you have any favorite hotels that you would recommend? Actually, are building a ton of hotels down on the south side of town, which is probably the nicer uh, part of town. There's an area in here called River Ranch. That's kind of the upscale area of town. So anywhere kind of around there. There's plenty of Marriott's and Hilton's. If you want to stay at the big hotel, that used to be a Hilton. It's a double tree uh, by Hilton now. They just renovated a lot of it. So uh, that's kind of the, the tallest hotel. I, think, I want to say it's like 20 some odd floors. All the other ones are kind of, you know, your three and four story hotels. There are a ton of uh, Airbnbs and there's a ton of, uh, you know, those uh, bed and breakfast or boutique hotels that you can stay at as well. Nice. Yeah. Our, our previous guest, Toby, he has a couple of Airbnbs in the city. So I know it's a popular way to be able to stay. Yep. I've got a friend who has one. I'm going visit it next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so w- once we're there and we're getting around, what are some of the major attractions we should visit while we're in Lafayette? So go to any and all restaurants that you want to go to. They're pretty much all good. You'll be amazed at how many restaurants there are based on whatever kind of food that you like. There's also a food tour that you can do here. I've never done it before because I live here, so I can just go to pick a restaurant and go get what I want. But the food here is is one of the main things that you're going to come for. Uh, it's it's so good because we just have that that flavor and that spice to it. If you want to kind of do some historical type stuff, there's uh, the Vermilionville area, which is kind of like the history of the beginnings of the area surrounding the Vermilion River. They have like a whole town kind of set up with what the houses used to look like and you can go inside them and see what the insides look like right connected to that is a uh the acadian cultural center which is part of the national park service so if there's like a timeline of the area and everything beautiful river nearby um that you can uh go to and there's a big grassy area with picnic tables so you could take a picnic out there if you want to you know save some money that way there's so much to do. I'm trying to think of everything else uh, to do. If you want to just get out with the kids, if you have kids, there's, you know, all the fun things, you know, the bowling, the cart ranch type stuff, the escape rooms and all that type of thing. You know, Louisiana is known for being an outdoor place. It's fisherman's paradise or sportsman's paradise. So there's all kind of hiking and fishing and hunting, all that type of stuff here. So if you want to do that, is it you just go out into like the local rivers there or are there like some state parks that uh, maybe you want to explore? 
There are a ton of state parks in Louisiana all around. There's not one in particular that I can think of that's like in the Lafayette area, but there is a great park called the Acadian Nature Station Park. Acadian Park, I think is what it is. And uh, there's this nature station that's a part of it that you can go and kind of see some of the things that are out there. And then there's all kinds of hiking trails all behind there. Uh, There's the river that flows through there. A really, really pretty area. Oh, that sounds definitely really pretty. And you can also, you can uh, paddle the Vermilion River if if you're into kayaking or boating or anything like that. You can take a kayak down there. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm sure there's probably like a lot of places where they have rivers like that. There's uh, places right there where you can be able to rent a kayak or, or a boat. Yeah, the, play, the place that you probably want to go to to rental or, or do outdoor stuff is Pack and Paddle. It's kind of a local place down here. All right, yeah, we'll definitely check that out. Now, one of the things that I was l- learning about uh, Lafayette area, I know my wife is really into spicy foods. I guess the Tabasco factory is uh, right there, or like nearby anyways. It's nearby. It's in, uh, first of all, beautiful place. It's in uh, New Iberia. There's an island right outside there. Wait, New Iberia is like an hour, and probably not even an hour from here. And um, there's an island out there called Avery Island. And the McKinley family, the people who created Tabasco, they uh, bought the entire island and they have the factory on one part of it. And then the whole other part of it is like this jungle gardens area is what it's called. And uh, you can go. There's a whole driving path there. So you can drive through the whole wildlife area. There's a bird sanctuary out there. There's a big giant Buddhist temple out there, like a, a, a statue uh, of Buddha in a temple with a little river flowing through it and a rock bridge. I actually proposed to my wife right there whenever we were getting married. And then the, during the springtime, all of the uh, flora is going to be blooming, the camellias, the azaleas, uh, just an absolutely beautiful place. You can go and have a picnic out there. There's alligators out there. You can literally like go sit and have a picnic and an alligator will be right there. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it, it's really, really cool. <laughs> uh, and then the Tabasco tour is awesome as well. They revamped it probably five or six years ago. And uh, it's kind of an outdoor tour. So you can go through all the different buildings to see how the t- the Tabasco is made from going from like a greenhouse for the plants and everything all the way through the bottling. And you can see the assembly line and everything. Uh, and then at the end in the gift shop, they have uh, all of the Tabasco flavor bottles lined up with little dipping containers. You, they give you pretzels and you can sample every single one of them there, even the Tabasco ice cream. Oh, wow. Ice cream. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Right on. Well, speaking of Tabasco and, and what things you put it on, let's talk about some of the food that we should have while we're there in Lafayette. What are some of your recommendations? Oh, gosh. it literally, like, literally, it depends on what you want to eat. Uh, if you want to go for kind of the local, have like a crawfish boil type of stuff, there is a great place. It's literally right down the road from me called uh, Louisiana Crawfish Time. And that is a place you could sit down, have a meal there, or you can get a sack of crawfish to go. And uh, they make some of the best boiled crawfish, in my opinion, unless you know someone and uh, you're going to their house and you're having like a family crawfish boil. You know, that's kind of the the best way to do it right there. And for, for people that aren't really familiar with what a crawfish is, that's kind of like a kind of like a shrimp, kind of like a shrimp. It's a crustacean. Okay. <laughs> you pull the head off and you eat the tail. Some people like to suck the head to get all the juices from in there. You boil it in crawfish boil spices and stuff. And you usually throw some 
potatoes and corn in there. Some people do garlic and onions in there. And you just, you know, you let it boil in a, this big old giant pot. And then you, you take them out and you eat them. It's good. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, uh, like you mentioned gumbo earlier as well. Like, where would we go for a, for a good gumbo? Oh, gosh. Honestly, to someone's house. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because everyone's gumbo is different. Every place you go to get gumbo, they're going to have their own take on it. They're going to have their own way of doing it. And like you can go to New Orleans and get gumbo. And honestly, me and my wife do not like New Orleans gumbo because it's so much different from the way that our parents made it here in town. It is completely different. And even my dad's gumbo compared to my wife's grandfather's gumbo is two totally different things. Huh. <laughs> it's just the way people kind of throw things together because that's a lot of the history behind the food of the Acadian area is that they uh, were a very poor type of people. So they would take a lot of their leftovers and just throw them into one pot. And, you know, it, it could be a variety of different spices or different things that they're putting in there. And uh, so, like I say, everyone's going to be a little bit different based on what was available at the time. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Now, now without giving everybody your address, so that way so <laughs> right. all the listeners aren't knocking on your door, where would you send them if they're there in Lafayette and they want to try gumbo? Okay, so I'm going to give you a few places just because there's so much variety. There's so much difference between them. Uh, again, you can go back to Louisiana Crawfish Time and you can pick up some gumbo there. You can go, there's a very popular place here called Randall's. It's been around forever. They have gumbo here, but what's cool about that place is that they usually, on, especially on weekends, they'll have a, a Cajun band playing, and you can see Cajun dancing while you eat there. So it kind of gives you a little bit more uh, of a cultural experience there. At stores, you can buy like gumbo in a bag type of thing, so you could do that as well. We, we had some friends who came in from the Pacific Northwest, and they tried gumbo here at the farmer's market. Somebody cooked up a pot of gumbo and was selling it. And uh, so they tried it and then they were like, okay, we're going to go, you know, buy this bag of gumbo so we can take it with us because we want to try and make it ourselves. So that's one way you can do it. Uh, and also it depends on what type of gumbo you're going to have because there's seafood gumbo, which has, you know, a lot of crab and shrimp and crawfish in it, or there's like chicken and sausage type of gumbo. So uh, you kind of have to know what you're going to be in the mood for as well. No, that makes a lot of sense. I and mean, it's good that you get that variety because... I kind of fall in that rut sometimes where I just kind of eat the same things over and over and over again. And so this way you can have like the same meal, but like it's different every time. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You can change it up based on what you want, you know, whether it's seafood or whether it's, uh, you know, chicken and sausage type of thing. What about a, a good breakfast? If we're getting ready to go out and explore for the day. Where do we want to go hit breakfast for our first meal? So I've got two recommendations for you and they're extremely good. The first one is in the downtown area. It's called the French Press. And this place makes the most, oh, so hearty and filling and full of goodness <laughs> that you can get for a breakfast here in town. The other place is called Tikkun's. And it's at a major intersection, so you should be able to find it. It's kind of a little hole-in-the-wall type of place, though. But they do breakfast and lunch. And you can get things like that you wouldn't find other places like smothered rabbit, right? You're not going to find that in a lot of other towns. But that goes back to the history of the place where we would kill something, whether it's small or big, 
Louisiana is known for its hunting. And then they would bring it back and they would cook it here. So rabbit is a thing that you can cook here. There's another place in town you can go and get frog legs, right? Fantastic, delicious meal if you've never had frog legs before. Or like fried alligator, boudin balls, all that type of stuff. You got alligator, you got frog legs, and the boudin balls. Where would we go for those three? Okay, definitely if you want boudin or boudin balls, there's a place downtown called Dwyer's, which is really, really good. Very authentic. It's been there for a long time, like probably back in the 50s based on the decor and everything. And and can you describe what boudin balls are? (laughs) You take boudin and you fry it, basically. And boudin is this like mixture of Nowadays, it's like rice and, and usually a meat of some sort, and then they stuff it in a casing. Like a sausage casing or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And back in the day, kind of going back to the history and the people being down here poor, back in the day, they, that casing used to be pig intestines. And then you would just kind of squeeze the meat and the rice out. And also, another, another thing that you'll see with boudin is that it is sometimes made with chicken livers or some of the other organs that you'll find in animals that are incorporated into there. And that's just another case of them using the entire animal to create this meal. But it's, it's definitely unique to down here and something that you should definitely try. If you can make the Boudin Festival, you should definitely go to that. Nice. And then you mentioned also like the fried alligator. I think that's something that people would want to try when they're, when they're down there. So the place that I was thinking of earlier is called Bonton Grill. This is a place where you can get all the things. <laughs> I could definitely recommend that place. All right. That sounds good. Yeah, it's good to be able to go to one place and have a little bit of variety and be able to sample all the different local delicacies. And usually whenever you go to a restaurant here, there's some kind of sampler platter that's going to have all that on one thing. And you can kind of eat as a group from that platter. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. All right. Well, Lane, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips. Now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visit Lafayette, where should they go and what should they eat? Go to Bonton Grill and get that sampler platter. Right on. We're definitely going to do that. So you've been in Lafayette for most of your life. You've got to have some great stories. Which one are your most memorable? Okay, I've got something for you. For whatever reason, this is very memorable for me. You know, I, I did daily vlogging for a long time. And so my wife and I would go out and do things. And one day we just had a wild hair and we went down to Lake Martin. And you can go out there and you can rent a kayak and you can go and you can paddle all throughout the swamp and there's alligators in there and all kinds of stuff. And uh, that was just something fun. I think just because it was very spur of the moment. And so my wife and I just had a great time bonding together, just the two of us kayaking out in nature. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, Although I would probably like to do it without the alligators. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like literally, I mean, obviously you're in a kayak, you're right at the water surface. When you do that, are the alligators kind of afraid of you at that point? Because you got like a the paddle and everything, or do they come up to you and kind of see what you're doing? They pretty much leave you alone from my experience, unless you kind of agitate them. But there's also a airboat tour or a boat tour that you can take on the lake as well. If you're, you know, a little skittish about getting in the water yourself. Yeah, I think I like the, I like the airboat because they're a little bit faster than a kayak. You know, so. All right, you need to get away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, you know, I've seen one too many of those scary movies, you know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Now, speaking of fun times and good memories, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in Lafayette? In that River Ranch area that I mentioned, there's a lot of good places that have musicians come and you can get uh, a good drink with music as well. 
A lot of restaurants do that as well. So just go to a restaurant a little early and there's usually something going on. So there's a place here in town called the Grouse Room that you can go and get a good drink. Also in the, that downtown area that comes alive at night as well. So you could do something there. All right, that sounds good. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I check out different cities is ordering some of the local pizza. Obviously, there's so many other good foods and everything like that. They're a little bit more traditional, but uh, sometimes they eat like a four-year-old. So where would I go for like really good pizza? So if you're looking for the best pizza in town, you're going to want to go to this local place called Dino's. There's two in town. There's one on the south side, and then there's one more towards the north. And they have really interesting pizzas there, too, if you want to get a little more... uh, unique pizza. I know sometimes you want to be a four-year-old, so you just want your simple pepperoni pizza, but they have something called the Marie Laveau, and it has crabs with sauteed mushrooms, onions, and spices on it that create an incredible pizza. If you like a little bit of hot sauce to it, you know, because of Tabasco and whatnot, you can get the Cajun Executioner. Oh, wow. (laughs) And then, you know, you can kind of make your own, too, as well. There's a whole bunch of different unique pizzas that you can't find anywhere else. You know, they take pizza and they put shrimp on it or they'll put crawfish on it or something like that. So you got to bring that that local flavor in there and and, uh, just kind of knock people's uh, taste buds out. Exactly. Exactly. That's really awesome. Now, obviously, with your YouTube channels, you travel all over the world. We were just talking about you're getting ready to go on the the summer trip uh, with your family. So you have some great travel tips. Uh, which one are your best? Okay, so my best travel tip, is something that ever since 2016, I've kind of really gone hard on, is doing the travel hacking. And that is where you know you get a credit card and you get you meet the max spend on it, and then you get the sign up bonus. We mainly use it for hotels because we do a lot of road trips, and then uh, we use those bulk hotel points to be able to make our travels happen. And you can just save so much money doing travel hacking that way. And you can use it for airlines and rental cars and all that type of stuff as well. Just our main deal is using it for hotel points. No, I hear you. That's that's how I get a lot of my elite status for hotels. And we put all our expenses on credit cards and that way we can earn all of those miles and points. Because otherwise I'm too frugal to be able to pay cash for, for a lot of these trips. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Now, speaking of saving cash and, and using it for other purposes, I know you paid off like a, a lot of debt recently, enabled you to, to kind of quit your, do- your day job and do this full time. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. You can find us online at the Travel Vlog family. And what we do is we believe in building stronger family bonds through travel. And we want to show you how to do that and save money while you're doing it out there. So Whenever we travel, we make videos of our adventures and we break down every single cost for you while we're out traveling, whether it's having to do laundry in the hotel room or, you know, having a nice meal out somewhere. We let you know exactly how much it's going to cost. And we usually set a budget for it and we kind of see if we're going to be over budget or under budget by the end of the trip. Yeah. And I think that's helpful for a lot of families as well, because Sometimes you just really don't know how much you're going to spend when you travel to certain destinations. And I think that's really helpful information. We'll definitely include links to your, your website, your YouTube channels, and social media on the show notes. But if somebody has a question about Lafayette, about traveling like you do, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? The Instagram account is the best, at the Travel Vlog family. I'm there, and I, I respond to pretty much every comment that's there. 
Oh, perfect. Well, I'll include all that in the show notes. And Lane, it's been a pleasure talking to you and learning all about Lafayette. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. What a wonderful conversation with Lane. My wife loves spicy food, and I think we'd have a great time touring the Tabasco factory and sampling the local delicacies. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Lafayette. We want to say thank you to Bluffworks for being an affiliate partner of today's episode. Bluffworks offers many styles to fit your needs, so that way you can stay recall free while traveling. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks and use the promo code LEAD to save 10% off your order. Join us next time as we head to Hanoi, Vietnam to speak with my new friend Paul Kennedy of VietnamTravelWithUs.com. In this episode, Paul and I talk about Ho Chi Minh Mausoleum, exploring the temple literature, and visiting the Hoa Lo Prison, which our soldiers called the Hanoi Hilton during the Vietnam War. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.